This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. All right. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture, then I'm going to let y'all sit down. I know uh, I'm headed towards 70, so I know y'all get tired, but I ask y'all to give me strength. Amen. And the scriptures read, going from uh, um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, Amplified says this. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead other from sin, having been deeply rooted in him and now continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musing of mermen. The following elementary principles of this world is rather than following the true teaching of Christ. For in him all the fullness of the deity, the Godhead, dwells in bodily form, completely expressing divine essence of God. In verse 10, and in him you have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. Please be seated. Thank y'all for enduring. Thank y'all for enduring. For enduring. The title of this message is Prepare to Face the World. Prepare means that we are equipped. We ain't getting ready. You know, as a, a, a young Christian, when you come in, you obey your own milk. But sooner or later, you got to get on the, the word, the bread of life, and mature. And the word in there is talking about face the world, okay? Face to confront with self-assurance, to stand up, okay? Now, this is, I'm going to be getting into this, what Paul is really talking about, the heresy within the church. But we need to know that we have God on our side, and any wrong is of the world. It's not of God. And we need to be able to face that and stand up to it. So to be able to prepare to face the world, that is a good and right place to be in the Lord. Would you agree? Well, let me hear something saying that. That, 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 well, that's going to let me know where, where we're standing. We'll get there. My objective is to inform the body of Christ, the church, that we must be prepared to stand firm and defend the faith that God has entrusted in us in all circumstances. See, uh, the devil will, will do it, will worm himself into the church. Okay. I was looking out my window the other day after a rain. It was this big worm. And he was on the pavement. And it was hot. And I was saying in my mind, the sun's going to cook for you, buddy, before you get to that ground. You know, and he would just squirm. He was like, 
that's how the devil would just squirm his way in the church if you don't have mature Christians. And that's what we're going to prevent. So this all circumstances and the things that you deal with on a daily life and you let come into your life, you got to be careful that that what is coming into your life, you're lending your members to, is not going to come out of you. Because that's what the Bible says, what you're lending your members to is going to come out of you. You see, most parents give their all to prepare their children to leave home and begin the journey to become a prosperous adult. Am I right? I said most. So if, if you've done that, then you've done a great job. But however, parents question whether they've done everything and whether they've laid a good foundation for their children. Because once your children go out and you know how they were and they come back as adults, you see some differences in there. You know that they didn't hold to the traditions and the things, the moral value that you, that you put in their life. So they come back changed. And that change can be detrimental to them. And then it can change their course of life. But how many of you know that we serve a great God? And God has given his children, that's us, a sure foundation to build our lives on through his son, Jesus. And all we must do is have faith and walk in the way he ha we have been taught. So if you believe that, I want somebody to say hallelujah. hallelujah. See, we're in a praise service. This is the prep rally, y'all. This is the prep rally. So when, I, when I, I see some people just going, doing all this, let me tell you, I'm going to get to the word. Let me tell you about the pet rally. A pet rally is the opportunity for you to cheer your team on. And sometimes you can be coming up against the greatest team of all time. But the pet rally allows all of the fans to have some faith that they got a chance to win. But see, the ones think they got a chance to win, just one chance, they're just jumping up and they're hallelujah, they're thanking you, Jesus. But the ones that know, hey, this is the greatest team we don't play, I don't have the faith, they're just sitting there. They're just sitting there because they're thinking, well, I'm wasting my time. But see, we serve a God, and all things are possible with him. There's nothing too hard for him. So whatever you got going on in your life, come on and bubble up above that. Let's get in the spirit. Let's get in the spirit of God so we can hear what the spirit is saying to us. And that's where we're going. Let's get to the word. But anyway, in the Colossian church, there was heritage in the Jewish and Greek elements that promised a progressive spirituality that demoted Christ and denied the basic Christianity. Isn't that the, the world's job? That's the world's job. Y'all, the world don't like us. They don't like us because what it does, when they see a saved person, it reminds them of their disconnection with God. So they're going to attack that. It's not that we're better than, it's mind them of their contrary ways. So when they see that, they're like, I can't stand that. Even when you see somebody do good, you hear somebody say, uh, somebody else got them there. Uh, they ain't going to stay there. You know, uh, they got the big head. That's just the world. Okay, so we live in a world like that. They'll say we, that they think that we are better than them. We ain't never said that. But God did say he's going to bless those that serve him. He did say he ain't going to hold no good thing from them. 
So if you can walk around with a smile on your face, and you can walk around in faith, and you can stand tall no matter what comes in your life, and they see that, they be like, wow, what is happening? What is happening? This person is continuing to be a person of priority, got their priority in line, and a person that they can continue to go forth in God, you know, no matter what. But anyway, what happens here is then that Paul wrote to the Colossians to counter the heresy that he considered an intentional insult to the gospel of Christ. What he did was he summoned the Colossians back to Christ. So if anyone is falling away today, if anyone has got any doubt in their mind, the word is going to give you a, a game plan to get back to God. And what I want to do today is to summon everybody back to Christ. All of that stuff that we got going on, you're thinking about going and eating right now, put it to sideline. Okay, bring every thought into captivity. Nothing is above God right now. This is time. And the folks that are online, come because you're standing on holy ground. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in your pajamas. It doesn't matter if you got coffee in your hand or sandwich in your mouth. It doesn't matter if you're looking over at the TV while you're looking back at me. The ground that you stand on is holy. And where the spirit of the Lord, that's holy in it. And where two or three are gathered in the name, that he is in the midst. So we serve a great God, and we just need to praise him and thank him for that. But however, Paul primary concern was that the believer would grow in spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. And that's been passed up over him at the core of what he teaches us. And because he don't know it, he's been my secret mentor. I can, t I can, I can tell him that. And he knows that he could call me when something ain't right, and he's done it before. Say, Brother Dave, I want to talk to you. And he know that he could tell me, son, and, and for correction, see, that's the problem with church. Nobody want to be corrected. See, because I've been corrected. I, I can say that now because I'm leaving. <laughs> and I always wanted to be his friend. And the reason I know that he's standing off. Because if Brother David do something, he can't let it go by. We have a great pastor. And he's a man of God. And he needs prayer. He needs people to call him to talk to him. Okay. I ain't never tried to get close to nobody. I ain't, ain't built like that. I ain't built like that. Some people want to get close to people so they can do things, and that person won't say nothing to them. That's how my military career went. When nobody was going to be my buddy because of color of skin, I always selected people because of merit. So one of them help a brother out. And that's how I run my life today. I'm looking for the best of the best. And Jesus holds the best of the best. So if I just run with him, I know that everything's going to be all right in my life. 
kind of means, when I said that uh, Paul's main concern was to grow in spirituality, and I believe spiritual growth should be the top priority of all Christian life to combat worldly influence. If you ain't growing and getting the spirit in, something's coming in there. Something coming in there. You know, COVID has put people in a place where discipline is going out the window. See, because we know the world don't like us, right? And we got to go into the world and the world's going to attack us. But some people don't feel like they don't lessen their exposure to the devil attack because they're at home in their confinement. But the devil is a spirit. And we have to fight a spiritual warfare. And the only weapon that we got is the word of God. So you sitting up there watching TV, the devil will come by and he will, what you call, attack with the right cross. And you just don't see it coming. He will sneak attack you. Like they did Pearl Harbor because we weren't ready. Okay? The enemy is out there, the spirit world, so we got to be ready. We got to put on the whole armor of God and be ready to fight. And that's the thing that we're going to do in this assignment. So my assignment is not to attack another faith, but to encourage the spiritual growth that God requires of his people to prepare the body to face the world. So now we're in the scripture. It took a while, but I just want to get that out. The scripture says in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that leads others away from sin. Paul commanded the Colossians to walk in Jesus, walk in union, in agreement, to embrace the doctrine of Christ, to continue to hold fast and live and act by the union with him. See, it's a different walking with the word like this. Some people always want to sing it. Okay? And there's a difference than walking with the word like this. See, all of y'all sports fanatics, especially basketball, you see them boys when they say, I'm going to get to the rim. If I go in there and I just got in one hand, it may just strip for me. But I'm going to get to the rim, so I'm going to take that basketball and pass it with the football uh, coach. On both ends, you can put your hand on it. But I'm going to do the basketball like that. And I'm going to put it in my body. So I'm going to go through the hole like I'm a running back. So when I get to the hole, I can lay the world up in the hoop. And that's important because if you're just walking with the word in your hand and don't have it closed to your heart, somebody can come by there and snatch it away can snatch it away and just run by you. And you don't, it's going to be so fast, some people, I saw a lady purse get snatched on TV. And she wouldn't let go because she had $20,000 in that purse. We can't let go of the word. There's no monetary value. On it. No matter what those guys did, they even rolled the car back on them. She wouldn't let go. So no matter what happens in our life, we can't let go of the hand of God, and we got to hide this word in our heart to bring it to the appointed time. So the point that I'm making is 
We got to be more than Sunday Christians. We got to get this word in us so it can take us through the hard times, to the times that when we need the word, we need to recall it. Because a lot of people rely on other people to pray for them. But I want to let you know you can pray for yourself. There's no third party you don't have to worry about. So if you get close to God, God will allow you to get close to him. And in this scripture, it says that in him, that we walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things we say and do. That's a big one. That's a big one for me. Living life that leads others away from sin. That's a big one for me, and I'm preaching. Okay? Because you can get to a point where you think God done blessed you to a point where you don't remember where you come from. I came from the projects. I can't, I ain't had nothing. Okay? And I used to get out on the block and look up in the sky at 16 and say, Lord, how you going to get me out of here? How you going to get me out of here? And the way was the military, and through the military, I found Jesus. But I want to talk to my young man right now. You're a young man. I don't know your age. But I got saved when I was 25. Okay? And didn't no old guy like me get me saved. It was a young guy like me at 25. So I want to say to the young folks, grow spiritually because old folk hang around old folk. They're not as vibrant as they used to be. They're not as energetic as they used to be. And see, the, same, the thing is, when you get old, you shouldn't be doing all that sin anyway. So all of these, what you call sugar daddies and cougars, come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. He's got an open door, and he will forgive you. And then you can be, you can be, watch what the things that you say and do, and you can lead others away from sin. Because if you don't come back, somewhere down the generation line, somebody got to break the curse. Because what you've done is set a picture for the ones behind you, this is the life. You don't mean nothing. I don't have no self-respect. All I'm doing is feeding the flesh, and all that do is lead to a spiritual death. The legacy is to leave the word in your family. The legacy is to know that you had a standard, and no matter what came into your life, you stood on the word. You stood on the word. That daughter over there, she know me. I know her. My son know me. I know them. So they know what dad's going to go with before it even happens. See, a lot of times we go with stuff that ain't right because it's family. You know, back in the project, you, your family could still be wrong, but you're going to fight with them. But in the spiritual world, if you're standing for righteousness and honor, you're going to say, I can't, I can't go with that. Yeah. 
All I can do is pray for you. And this is how you change and get on the side of God so that he can bless you. So what it's saying here, we need to live a life that's going to lead others to Christ. Walking in humanist agreement and in embracing, and we just can't come in here on Sunday and not in expectation to get something from this message that it falls on good ground and we take it and, it, and let the seed prop up. Let it prop up in us. You know, we was moving up this Wednesday when it, I'm talking about here that uh, holding fast. And the Packers came and moved them. You know, they, they was a little bit late because of traffic and rain. And uh, when they came in, you know, they came in all joyful. They said we could talk and work at the same time. So they started talking. And after about a couple of minutes, my spirit tell me, uh, let them know you're a man of God. You know, I just can't talk without giving God the opportunity to get in there. See, a lot of people, when they have things in church, events, fellowship, and stuff like that, ain't nobody coming to those things to talk about God. So a lot of times we use those things like we're going to attract people. It's not for the attraction, it's just a fellowship to get and know one another. But when you get people on an individual basis and begin to talk to them and learn something about them, that's your opportunity to open up to God. But this is the point. These guys came in, and when they came in, you know, we like, uh, we know y'all coming from Mobile. Where you from? The leader said, we from Christian. See? <laughs> See? I, I know somebody was going to say, oh, this brother right here was probably going and check his stuff to see if anything not going in the pod is going in their car. But, Mr. Lason, I'll be honest with you, too. My spirit initially said, oh. <laughs> but guess what? See, you can't prejudge people. But guess what? They came in, and they started talking, and when two of them said, we from Pritchard, the third one was just like Mr. Lacey. He said, I ain't from Pritchard. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. So we got to be careful for how it tells us to lead others away from sin. But you got to be careful how things we got in our mind can stop us from doing that. Because after I got to talking to him, one of the, the other brothers, the third one from Jackson, Mississippi, he opened up to me. He said, how long you been a minister? I told him. He said, uh, my daddy used to be a minister. And he said, I used to play musical instrument. I used to play the piano and drum. So that was my opportunity to tell him, listen, no matter what's going on in your life, God has still got a mission for you. And I kept just drumming that in his mind, you know. And when they got to lead, we hugged them, you know, we fed them. And the brother that was in the lead, he said, this. Before he got his business started, he was homeless. And he got to testify about how God brought him through that. You see, then I said, I'm sorry, God, because of where somebody comes from, we get preconceived things in our mind. But then this brother opened up that he's been through a lot of stuff, and that his family was in a hotel. But then he said, I had to go through all of that to get where I am. So 
Minister Fabian was talking about people going through stuff. Realize that God is with you. What you're going through, that's a better day. If you just hold on to the faith and don't give up and let God just have his way. Let God just have his way. Because we, we look at people, we don't know what they've been through, and we got these preconceived conditions because God done did something for us, but we can't forget where we came from. And the support scripture for verse 6 is this, coming out of Colossians 1 and 10. And it's from the Amplified. So that you will walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, uh, displaying an admirable character, moral covenant, and personal integrity. To fully please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steady growing in the knowledge of God with a deeper faith, a clearer insight, and fervent, fervent love of his precepts, of his rules and his laws. So this is a road map right here, just this scripture in itself. So write it down and go study because as we go forth and grow in the Lord, we have to have our character in such a way where others can see something different in us than the world. You know, and we must have moral courage to come against those things that we know are not right in our home. Everybody works for home now. In our life, you know, in our association. Because the ultimate thing is, if you don't, we're going back to some of the things that come in our life, the heresy that slipped into the church, but the heresy that's in the world, people believe different stuff. And what I want to say about the moral courage, I was at the dental clinic getting our last uh, treatment there, and the lady came in, and uh, she sat there, and we got to talk about the economy, how rent is going up, can't nobody afford it. And now, you know, I'm always going to lead around to God. You know, I said, God will give you the provision to do what you got to do. And then she opened up and started talking about her God. I didn't get into, if you serve the God whose son is Jesus, but I said you serve the God because we didn't have time. Then the lady at the desk got in. And the point was this. I told her, I said, you know what? As Christians, we don't got to the point with the world that we're afraid to say we're Christians. You know, there's influencers out there in the world. They ain't got no talent. But the world uses them to sell their product. And I'm sure if we start just stripping people down, they got on a lot of brand names, jewelry, perfume, and all that stuff. Okay? But my point was this. The Christians don't went into the closet. Okay? Because... I was watching this program, and the lady came out and said her spirit allows her to do anything she wants to do. I ain't getting into sexuality. I'm not getting into that. But that's what she said, right? So I'm, where, I'm saying, well, where is the church? Where is the Christian saying that we got to serve God, we got to be holy, we got to walk in his precepts, we got to live according to him? See, when that happens, and no one have the moral courage to stand up to it, and stand up to the word of God, it's still the same, because God is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he said before any little tittle or dot change from it, it will be fulfilled. And it has to be fulfilled through who? His people. So we need to have that word in us and be able to have the moral courage and to speak to people when we come up on stuff that we know that are detrimental to their life. We can't say I pray for you and leave it as that. 
But anyway, what I was telling her was, it's done got to the point to where we accept that. Be honest. When we see it on TV, we just keep watching it. When we see all this other stuff, we just keep watching it. You know, it'll get past that. It'll get past that. So what happens is, when you lose your power, then the person that knows your power is lost, they don't have to worry about you no more. Oh, they're just going to go to church on Sunday. And I can do what I want to do. But when people know you're a Christian, and they're talking all kind of stuff coming out of their mouth, they'll come around and say, oh, I'm sorry, if you got a standard. But if you're going to ha, 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 and laugh with them, then what you've just said, I approve of that. I approve of that. You know, you even go, and I was talking to this guy. He said, you know what? My teacher used to tell me this. Tell me that don't be the class clown because it doesn't pay you. I ain't talking about nobody professional. I ain't talking about nobody professional. But those boys are rich. I'm going to tell you why they're rich. They're rich because they can talk about everybody, anything. They can talk about the Lord, and they can say it in such a way, everybody says, ha, 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 ha. And some people that say, I love the Lord, it's enough in there. Because what they've done is allowed that part of the word that should be in your spirit, feeding your spirit, man, so you can rise up. They allow the flesh to get in there, and that part of the flesh is being fed. Because all they have is a part of the spirit, and the part of the spirit is that I'll be in church on Sunday. And don't nobody know. Because when I go to Jacksonville, because I see this word where it says does, you know what, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I talk to the Lord, I say not every day about this, but every once in a while, you know, I say, Lord, when are you going to let me retire? And he always give me a scripture. This scripture about maturity, it doesn't have no age on it. So I just want to say, old folks, you can't sit down on God. It ain't got no age on it. Spiritual maturity say to keep going. You know, even Moses at 80, he tried to get out of his assignment. And his brother Aaron was 83. You know, he said about everything about his mouth. And I said, Moses. You didn't use the, the ace. And the ace said, you should have told him, Moses, God, I'm old. I'm ready to retire. But God ain't going to let us retire if we have the spirit in us, we continue to cultivate it, and we continue to grow in it. So that's what we, had to, we have to do in these scriptures here. This talks about, in this scripture, it talks about the personal integrity. I'm covering these areas. Personal integrity doesn't mean things don't always work out for you. It doesn't. In our house experience, we're dealing with the design center. The design center is where you go after you buy the house and pay all that money for the land, how the house is going to look, you know, on the outside, you know what I'm saying? That's called the elevation, the, the lot, and the house itself, what comes in it. They send you to this place called the design center. And if you ain't careful, you come out of that thing paying for more, more money in the design center than you almost own the house. They will, I'm telling you. You know why? Because they got all this stuff lined up and you bind through your eyes. You bind through your eyes and not seeking the spirit. 
because it looks good. You know, and then when they throw the bill at you and it's way up there, you be like, study, but uh, 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 uh. You start asking them, how much this cost? Why you ain't had no price list? But anyway, this is the point I'm making about integrity. I mean, that thing won't me down, y'all. I was looking at it every I'll be honest with you, that thing won't me down. And I was getting, getting frustrated. I started telling my wife, I said, God, who we dealing with over there? You know, because what happened was that was a three thousand over a three thousand dollar favor in their in their in their favor, an error in the total, in their favor. And we called it and we sent it back to him. And then I called up my sales representative and I got on her. I say, Y'all ain't got nobody doing no itemized over there. How do we know all these prices are right? You know? And uh, she said, uh, they look at it, they look at it. I said, I don't know if they look at it. I said, if we would have missed that, y'all would have got over $3,000 more for it. And I said this to her. I say, we ain't begging for nothing. But we don't want to give nothing away for free either. <laughs> but now, this comes to the integrity part. The integrity part is, when we got to the final day, that was a $3,000 error in my favor. And I called, I said, that ain't right. My wife looked at me, her eyes were this big. She was like. I said, man, if she would have had a hammer, she would have mugged me, hit me in the head. <laughs> so anyway, integrity, that was in my favor. I could have let it went through, but guess what? I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself. I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself. Because God said, okay, you are out here talking about integrity. Now, here's my opportunity to test you. To test you when something is in your favor. Are you going to call it a blessing? Or uh, those that know to do good and do it not, it's a sin. Or are you going to speak up and say, hey, that ain't right. And guess what she said? She said, I'm glad you're so thorough. They would have been mad with me if we would have let that went through. So what I'm saying is, integrity don't mean you're always going to be in your favor. What it means is you're going to do right in every situation. In every situation. And see, I didn't want to deal with a $3,000 steal that I got. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't have been right. I wouldn't have been right because I experienced that as a young person. I experienced that as a young person, and I know how I felt. I'll go ahead and share this with y'all since I'm leaving. Man, we used to go on these field trips. You know, go to Atlanta, you know, go all over the place. And you used to bring your lunch with you, you know. And I'm from the project. I don't know. You know, we had the sugar water, you know, you, all kind of stuff going on. But grandma did the best that she, see, she down there talking about what sugar water. So that tells me you don't have the good all the time. You ain't never had to make no sugar water. That's Kool-Aid without color. That's Kool-Aid without color. Okay? Well, I ain't going to tell you about making your own donut, so we just stop right there. But anyway, on this field trip, I think it was about the sixth grade. Grandma, the resources she had, all she had was bologna, white bread, and mustard. And that was my lunch every day, every day. So we was on the field trip. Everybody put their lunch up in the overhead bag. 
right? I said, I ain't eating bologna and white bread and mustard today. And it was on a Friday. I had had it four times before that, okay? So back then, you could slip out and slip on the bus. And you peep out what people had packed for lunch. Say, I know Wilbur had ham and cheese. So what I did, I slipped on the bus. I swapped them lunches. Boom, boom, boom. And I ate ham and cheese. <laughs> Wilbur come up there for lunch and open up that bologna, white bread, and mustard. And he said, who stole my lunch? I said, not me. <laughs> but I was, that's what I'm going back to selling your integrity. But that thing hunted me for a long time. But there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So whatever you done did, whatever you done went through, if you come to the Lord, he will forgive you. But the point is this, we can't sell our integrity. Yes. God is a good God. Also in that, uh, in Colossians 6, the command to walk is followed by the expression of what this involves in verse 7. We're down at verse 7 now in Colossians. And we have to plant down roots in Jesus and let him be the foundation of our life. Colossians 2 and 7 says this, I'm still in Amplified Version. Say this having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more established in your faith just as you were taught and overflowing in his gratitude. This being rooted and built up is a double metaphor that Paul is, is talking about. Okay? The rooted part denotes firmness and the established, the built up and the established denotes confirmed. So what Paul is saying Part of this is the growth of a tree, and the other part is the increase of a building. I had a lot of trees in my yard. I had to cut down some big ones, okay? Cut them down, and those little roots all over the ground still sprouting up and stuff. You had to go out there and cut them. And the other part he's talking about is a foundation. Once a foundation is laid, and that's the word of God, and that's Jesus, we have to build on it. So he's talking about two things here. So, because the good seed has already been sown, therefore we must firmly be established, like the tree with roots that spread far, wide, and deep. There was two trees in my yard, an azalea big bush and a sago palm. The azalea bush spread like this, its roots go out. It's a little bit deep in the ground. That one was easy to get up. But the sago palm, goes deep. Can you imagine a Christian got roots that go far and wide that goes deep and spread out? So something may happen in your life that comes and get wiped out. You may be down for a little while, but just know it's going to come back up. And it's going to come back up better. So that thing that you lie, God is going to give it to you in a better situation. There's a testimony that everybody got that was on RIM. I ain't calling the name. Y'all saw it if you're a part of RIM. 
that thing just touched my spirit, what happened to her. How she had to flee her situation and then come into a better situation. And she still said that she was striving because she had God in her life. And God is a great God. So we got to bear forth fruit and grow up and be a habitation of God through the Spirit. You know, being built is a thing that you can do a self-examination. It's talk about being built. How are you built? You ever ask yourself that? How are you built? What are you standing on? What that you will accept and you won't accept? During our training program, I'm out up in Crestview walking, and I hear this guy at odds with his female companion. And she was trying to get him to get a job. This when nobody was working, y'all. They was at home getting more money than going to work, you know. And he kept saying, I ain't built like that. <laughs> I thought it was a good thing. But he kept saying, I'm not built like that. And it got to a point where he just told her, he said, look, I ain't going to work. And if I go to work, I got to work three jobs to get anything out of it. So he said, they ain't going to get rich off of me. I ain't built like that. So what I'm saying is, how are you built? What can the enemy get over on you? What will you stand up for? And it's how we are built. The foundation is Jesus. And it's his precept. It's his rule, his law. What we've been taught from an early age, we have to stand on that and walk in that so we can be firm when things happen. So we can detect heresies in the church under the two-man concept. I worked in a, a field that you had to have two people with you, everything you did. Everything you did, because it could be catastrophic and kill a lot of folks in yourself. And you had to know that person's job, and that person had to know your job, and at the end of the job, they would put a seal on the job. A seal on the job to know when you try to pull it loose that that work's been done. But the two-man concept, that's you and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit know what you've done, and the Holy Spirit try to correct you, but if you don't have the Spirit of the Lord in you to a point where you're listening, then you can continue to do what you want. And it's going to be detrimental to your life. And all I'm saying is, Spiritual maturity allows you to walk in a place where God is just going to bless you because you're obedient to what he's telling you to do. And so we have to make sure we're in that place and not a place of, I know what the Holy Spirit is all about. He said he'll lead and guide me and bring everything to my remembrance. And when he says, do this, we say, oh, I ain't doing that. That's going to cause work. But see, spiritual growth is going to cause work. It's going to cause work. And if you're not going to grow, then you're just going to come and sit and be entertained. Because if you're not taking that and use it to grow, then you're just being entertained. You know, I probably could charge a fee. Can I be honest with you? I don't know who would be sitting in the seat. But if you ain't doing nothing with what the Word of God says, then you're just being entertained. It's just an opportunity to come see your friend and say, I love the Lord, but then go back 
and not move up a little higher. The church has to grow in order to have a bloodline, in order to do what God has called us to do. And we must be strong in the faith just as we was taught. The support scripture I have here is Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Then it says, New Living Translation, Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God into love and keep you strong. And that's the part. If we can grow in love, then we will know that we are here to do something for God to bring others to Christ. Colossians chapter 8 says this, verse 2, Colossians 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musing of mere men, following the principle of the world, rather than following the true teachings of Christ. So we have to watch out that we don't be taken captive and enslaved to false doctrine. You know, we have to be careful that we're not robbed of our spiritual blessing by depending on something besides Jesus for salvation. And that we, we get those things in our spirit. And then the philosophy side is nothing just based on reasoning. People come up with stuff. You go to church, what you learn in church today? Well, I don't like that laying of the hand part. You know, coming to the elder, they laying the hand, you shall be healed. Those are just philosophies. So if we stand on, I don't like that hugging part. COVID is going on, so we're doing a lot of hugging. You know, I, I don't like what the word says about forgiveness. All of this stuff is philosophy. So, but if we stand on them, because if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. So we have to apply these principles to our lives. Almost done. Give me just a couple of minutes. And then the doctrine of the, heathen, of the heathen philosophy is called the tradition of men because it receives solely on the authority of the person who delivered it. So that's all it is. We, you can't sit there and let people contemplate and say different stuff and then throw it at you and then you scramble. You know, well, what about this or what about that? Okay, what I'm telling you is I believe the word of God. And I know what the word of God says about this thing that you're talking about. Here it is, but don't argue with them. And that's what you leave with them. And Colossians 2 and 9 says this, For in him all the fullness of the deity, the Godhead, dwells in bodily form, completely expressing the divine essence of God. And in him, in verse 10, it says, And in him you have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all and authority over all angelic and earthly power. And I think achieving the stature through Christ, our place in the world, that we are standing strong and that we're not going to let the world have its way, you know, and we're going to confront the world, you know. The world may throw a right cross, but the world ain't looking for the uppercut to knock the enemy out. And that's our job to knock the enemy out. And this final scripture says this in Romans chapter 16, verse 17. New Living Translation. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who causes division and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what have been taught. Stay away from them. So if you got that in your pocket and your best friend get to talking stuff, 
Go to the word. Start getting strong in the word. Because I always told my children this. Whoever you run with is going to influence you. Are you going to influence them? And so I close out. Give God a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have uh, uh, four appeals. The first appeal is for salvation. Is anyone in our midst that don't know God as Lord and Savior, raise your hand. And we'll have someone to take you back and uh, pray the prayer of salvation and lead you to the Lord. I see no hand. Our second appeal is membership. If you want to be a part of Striving, Striving is a great church. I've been here 23 years, never been to another church. I've seen a lot of people come and go. But the foundation is the same. And the foundation is Jesus. And the foundation is to grow. And the foundation is to serve the community. And we have a great pastor. I told pastor a couple of weeks ago, he was preaching so hard. I said, pastor, you don't caught your second wind. You the young lad with boats. And I just want to say, we got a great pastor. And the word is going to come forth with power and authority. So is anybody in the midst that wants to be a member, raise your hand. I see no hand. And the next one is the Holy Spirit. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit and get a personal relationship, it's not going to be anything spooky, but it's going to be to see how God is going to energize you through the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be able to communicate with the Holy Spirit. It's a personal relationship. And a change will happen in your life. Anybody want any material or to, um, uh, the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Raise your hand. All right, next. Any prayers in the house? Anybody want to pray for anything? Raise your hand. Everybody's good. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that everything done here today has been done decent and in order. Father, I ask your protection continually upon your people. Father, continue to bless them, to lead them, Father God. And Father God, they will acknowledge you in all their ways and you will direct their path. And Father, that we know that we are overcomers, God. So when we go out into the world, God, we go out with love. Father, we go out with power, Father God. We go out with your spirit in us, God. And that light that they will see, God, they say, what must I do to be saved? So, Father, I thank you right now. And I thank you for this time. We continue to praise you. We give you the praise and the glory. And we just thank you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a hand.